0: Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard. This is the Must Read Alaska Show, the Friday edition. I'm your host, James Baisden, coming to you from our virtual studios somewhere in Alaska. Hey, I'm one of the newest members here of the Must Read Alaska Show. Um, a lot of times what you'll see during the week is you'll see Suzanne Downing and John Quick put on their shows. And Suzanne Downing, of course, does all the great content on the website of mustreadalaska.com. So please join us, especially if you're looking for the conservative view of the news and the happenings in Alaska. This is absolutely the place to be, mustreadalaska.com. And if you haven't, please, we ask that you, if, if you can, please donate. That's what makes this happen. There's a place to where you can find that on the website and we're across all the different social media. So you can watch us live. You can record and download the podcast on all the different formats. Uh, we'd love to have you. And of course, you can always reach out to us if there's someone that you want to see on the show or a topic that that you think that we need to be talking about, reach out to us and let us know. So today I'm going to be doing a few things. I'm going to be covering some of the main issues in the news, specifically some of the ones that we have on our website, trying to catch you up and maybe kind of get you fired up a little bit for the weekend. So stand by and we're going to start the conversation. So my first topic is what's going on with the governor's race. Wow. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be fun to watch. So just this week we had the Kenai Peninsula borough mayor, Charlie Pierce, who just picked his Lieutenant governor running mate, which is Edie Grunwald out of the Valley. Um, She is a retired Colonel uh, in the air force. It looks like she will bring a lot of experience. And I know that she ran ran before for lieutenant governor, so she understands a lot about what's going on at the state and what needs to be accomplished. Uh, Everyone is still waiting, of course, on our current governor, Michael Dunleavy, what is he going to do and who is he going to pick for his running mate? A lot of speculation. I'm not going to speculate here, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be interesting whenever that comes out. Uh, We've got Democrat candidate, independent, libertarian. We've got multiple Republican candidates. We've got Republican candidate and the current Wasilla state representative, Christopher Kirka and his Lieutenant governor candidate, Paul Huber out of Homer. Um, we've got another Republican candidate, Bruce Walden and his Lieutenant governor candidate, Tanya Lang. And this week also new Republican candidates, James Cottrell running with Lieutenant governor candidate, Brittany Cottrell. That's a brother sister duo. I don't think we've ever had that happen before in the state. So it's going to be interesting with, with the new election system that we have in place now that we have ranked choice voting, which again, a lot of people don't understand how that's going to play. You know, are we going to hurt each other when it comes to having a three or four Republican GOP candidates, uh, on the ballot, if that happens, or if we have two and we have a Democrat and we have a libertarian, how is it all going to play out? Um, The first thing, of course, we're going to have this long list of candidates and they're going to go into the primary and you're going to pick one of those candidates. And then the top four are going to come out in the general election. And that's whenever it's going to get interesting on how you rank those candidates uh, for your governor. Um, Never seen it uh, done before. So I know just like uh, most of you, probably going to be interesting to see if it plays out the way some of us think it is, because I'm afraid that as a conservative and as a Republican, um, we could be working against each other when it comes to our candidates, our favorite candidates. I hope that's not what happens. Uh, I'm going to continue to listen to all the experts on how ranked choice voting works, and specifically for the governor uh, is where we're going to See uh, this new voting system play out. Didn't vote for it. Haven't found anybody really who's voted for it yet. I guess there's a few out there who talked about it, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I guess one of the most interesting things that I still can't figure out is that could you imagine when we get to the primary where people fit, thought that, or when we get to the general, we could actually have four GOP candidates out, on the general election? that doesn't seem right. I mean, if you are an Alaska independence voter, you could actually get down to the general election and you don't have a candidate that you can vote for. Not sure that uh, that sounds right to me, but that's the system that we're in. So again, stand by for the governor's race. Okay. So here's an issue that um, I just can't see how it goes away. It continues to, Rear up its ugly head, and that's dealing with mandates. And I'm talking about COVID mandates, specifically dealing with masks and vaccine requirements. So one of the articles that uh, Suzanne has on the Must Read Alaska website is Juno schools keep masks on while the rest of the world goes mask optional. And I know we still have a few communities doing that, but what are we doing to our children? I'm fortunate to to live down here in the Kenai Peninsula to where We've pretty much eliminated most of that nonsense. Uh, we know the science now. We know that the masks don't work. We know that we're harming our children. And it seems like this continues. Uh, Juno, I feel sorry for the parents there. I, I wish that there was something that could be done because there is no doubt that it is harming your children's education and their well-being. wellbeing. Um, you, look, you look at Sitka, it looks like the battle is still going on in Sitka when it comes to masking. Um, I'm personally involved with um, with issues when it comes to masking. Um, My wife and I, we dealt with it here um, on the Kenai Peninsula borough dealing with the school district. We would show up and we would testify and we send messages. And finally, we got it to where uh, people started coming around and we formed groups to to start putting pressure on the school district that we need to get the kids back to normal. I'm going to talk about our university system right now, University of Fairbanks still has masks on our college children up there in classes. They finally lifted it in the dorms and outside. But when you go in a classroom, you have to have a mask on. So Chancellor White, for all of you, for all of you who live up in Fairbanks or, or have a student that is in the university system, I have sent numerous letters to the chancellors, both at UAA, UAF, President Pitney also, who could stop this nonsense, Um, when you look at the COVID numbers and their own website up there, we're talking zero. They have nothing. So again, they're not following the science. And the reason why they're keeping masks on these kids in the classroom at the University of Fairbanks because they don't fear the politics. They know they're going to continue to get funded, especially in a year like this when it comes to an election year. So there's no consequences that they have to deal with. So basically, it's like it's almost like crating your dog whenever you're trying to train your dog to do something. They're training these kids that this is okay because the government says it's okay. Look, they still uh, at the University of Fairbanks are pushing vaccines for students that live in the dorms. Finally, at the University of Alaska Anchorage, uh, the Chancellor Sean Parnell basically just recently. This week released that when the kids come back from spring break, masks are gonna be optional throughout the campus. Good for him. Thank you, Sean Parnell. President Pitney, I plead with you to get with the chancellor up at University of Fairbanks and Chancellor White to change what he's doing when the kids come back from spring break. Give them a normal setting so they can learn. You've got, you've got young people now that have been in masks for three years. It's one thing when everybody was scared to death and we didn't know what was going to happen. We know now, if you want to go get the vaccine, one, two, three times, a booster, and you want to wear a mask and you want to social distance, those instructors in those classrooms can do that, and that's what they can do to protect themselves. The students in those classrooms absolutely do not need to be in masks. I just traveled back to Phoenix, the only place I had to wear a mask was in the airport. I attended a, a basketball game with 20,000 people. Very few masks were worn. I went to a hockey game. Same thing, 10,000 people, no masks. Everybody throughout the country, even if you look at Congress, when the president held his held his meeting here a while back, nobody in Congress was wearing masks. They've done away with it, but you still have these small groups and it's all political, all political in this state when it comes to it. I get fired up over it, and I hope that you will reach out, uh, whether you live in Juneau. Parents, you have to take this on. You have to show up and fight this because they will not change, and you have to change out the players. And I'm afraid that the university system is hopefully the chancellors and the president will get together and do the right thing. I, I, I plead with you to get this thing back to normal. We know that this no longer works. It's not having any positive effect at all on what's going on when it comes with COVID. So let's talk about a couple items dealing with travel um, that just uh, just recently got released. The TSA, of course, is going to extend the mask mandate for planes and public transportations until April 18th. Those mandates were due to expire here this month. And think about it. So the CDC, if you remember back in February, they came up, I think it was February 25th, they came out and made the announcement that masks no longer needed to be worn indoors for most Americans. That was the CDC. They put that out. And here we are now with the TSA, who basically has stated that they have followed the, they have followed the CDC for the last couple of years. But when the CDC starts to retract these things, they never will retract them. So I expect we're going to wear a mask in planes for the rest of the year. Um, They'll just continue to extend it and continue to extend it. So what is a plane? If you're in a plane or a bus, is that indoors or outdoors? So CDC says masks aren't needed outdoors. And they say for most Americans, you don't need them indoors. But on planes, I guess that's somewhere in between. Planes are the cleanest environments now that you can, you can get into. They have great air movement. Uh, most of us feel safe in there. We don't need a mask. And then on another topic dealing with travel um, that I found uh, interesting was, if you remember, United Airlines. They, um, they were one of the, the big companies that come out against uh, their employees that did not want to be vaccinated. Uh, and just here, it looks like just this week, United Airlines are going to let their unvaccinated employees return to their jobs this month. So think about how they hurt their employees, uh, especially those who who may have had medical issues, did not want to get vaccinated, had religious issues to not get vaccinated. Uh, roughly 2,200 United employees now can come back to work uh, even if they're unvaccinated. So what does that tell you about those companies that force their employees to get vaccinated whenever those who got vaccinated could still get COVID and could still transmit it. What a bunch of crap we've been sold on how this all affects us. Again, you want to trust the government? Um, I'm going to hold the government accountable. They have hurt this country uh, in many ways, and how they handled COVID um, is going to affect um, our recovering economy. It's going to continue to affect the the young people and their education and can you imagine the travel industry what it did to them again we've had to print so much money to keep this economy floating and now of course dealing with UK- ukraine and the crisis over there and the inflation and the oil prices and everything that's going on with our federal government and how they're handling this um, we're in for bad times i think for a while um so um, again if uh if you haven't, you need to probably just hold on to everything that you can right now because it is going to get a lot worse before it gets better, my opinion. So my final topic, and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be controversial. It's going to be dealing with Alaska Senate Bill 140. Alaska Senate Bill 140 was introduced by Senator Hughes Bolt and showers, and this one is dealing with athletics, boys and girls playing against each other. Specifically, if you're a male and you've transitioned, is it fair that you can now play against the girls in school? I hope this passes. I hope what they're trying to do here, they get a lot of senators and house members support this. Look, I have a daughter in high school right now, just like I, and I have a son in high school would not be fair for them playing against each other in the same sport. Doesn't work that way. We are made differently. Simple for me. I'm a simple person. Look at the birth certificate. If you're a male, even if you transition, you still have to play as a male. And if you're female, you have to play female sports. We had title IX back many years ago that passed that was supposed to bridge the gap to where if you're a high school or college athlete we had to have as many girls sports as we did boys sports and that was a great thing that evened the playing field and we need to keep the playing field even here so in this uh, bill that they have presented uh, it's got some basic designations here and i'm just gonna i'm gonna breeze through it here real quickly and one of the things that talks about athletic team and sport designation so if you're a public school or a private school, if you're a male or a boy, you need to play in male and boys' team sports. If you're a female or a woman, you play on girls' team sports. A student who participates in athletic team or sport, desi- or sport designated female, woman or girl, must be female based on the participant's biological sex. I think that's pretty straightforward. I hope it passes. I support it. I expect there's a lot of parents out there that agree with me on this. And we need to make it fair. We need to keep it simple. Show a birth certificate. If you're a boy, you play boy sports. If you're a girl, you play girl sports. Pretty much end a story. Thank you for watching the show today. Again, you can find us at muskreadalaska.com. If you like the content, please donate. We need your help to to keep the conservative news flowing here in Alaska. My name is James Basin. Have a great weekend.